Strategic Hot Box with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Discussing leadership, business, and how to take control of your life and achieve greatness. From the streets of Las Vegas, energized, informed, and never diluted. It's time to kick some ass. Welcome back to the Strategic Hot Box. It's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic, and I'm here with one of my favorite people. Yay! It's Nicole Bruzewitz. And she's joining us here to talk a little bit about bounce forward and how we can be more resilient. And we're going to dig into that. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. I'm so excited it's too. Be good. <laughs> let, let, let me set it up here now. As you know, on the Strategic Hotbox, we learn, we love, and we kick ass. So in the learning, we get to new ideas, strategies from people that are experts in the field. We have to talk to people like Nicole and then talk about the love component of it, how we can build relationships, be better for our own development, our own selves, and then, of course, kick ass and leaving you with some tools that you can start implementing today. When it comes to leadership, we've talked about adversity or disaster recovery and even unexpected change that comes around our way. And one thing that has been a theme or that's been in common of all the guests and different conversations we've had around that is this, this ability to be resilient. Those individuals who have been through things, have been through it and bounce, bounce from it. Right. And so instead of maybe bouncing back, they're bouncing forward and how can their life continue to get better and improve after the fact, or it's a new normal. And our guest today is a, an event planning ninja. I think is almost fair to say. <laughs> I love it. That alone has created a strong ability to deal with change and adversity. Uh, but she also has some interesting background in physical, mental, and spiritual wellness that she'll she'll talk to us about. And resiliency and its its core meaning from my perspective is how we recover. It's like our, our toughness. Is a person perseverant? Are they tolerant of certain things? And I think some of that comes with emotional intelligence. Some of that comes with experience. Um, Adrian Locke says that resilience is the ability to bounce back or be bulletproof. And there's something to that. If you think about kids, like if you think about your kids or kids in your life or when you were a child and a four-year-old might be just running like crazy in the house. My children run in the house like crazy when they shouldn't be, but they, or they're running on the playground and their, their lack of overall body awareness or coordination maybe ends up having where they just eat shit, right? They just fall down, skid, head first, and then they get up, and the first thing they do is look around to make to see if mommy's around or anybody saw or whatever. But if not, typically they'll just bounce back and continue on running, right? And so it's it's like a resilience in its rawest form. or It's unadulterated in a sense. And it probably hurt the child and probably even bad, but there was no one around to make it a disaster. And they're already focused on what they were doing to begin with or what's next. And the focus really is on where they were going to begin with. And, but yet the focus would be, if I was there like, oh, are you okay? Then it focuses on, you know, getting some love from mommy or something to that effect, that effect. And I think resilience then is about getting back up, brushing your shoulders off, failing faster. But how do we become more resilient as leaders without having to go through places of tragedy? 
And a lot of times there is, especially in today's environment, like I cannot believe we're already into the year the way that we are, that we have to really focus on some self-renewal strategies. So when we are faced with hardship, we have the capacity to deal with it without having to completely boil over. And I also think that there's a sense of, of watching the words, watch, watch your mouth, watch the words that come out of our mouths, because it, we can impact the emotion of a situation or an environment just by the dramatic language that we use. And everybody has a different different relationship with words and language to begin with. And so I can make something a bigger deal just by the emotional drama of my, of my diction. And um, Sheryl Sandberg, I feel like, says it really well as we transition here to talk to Nicole. And she says the most important thing that she's learned is that we're not born with a certain amount of resilience. It's a muscle and we need to build it. And she said that, of course, the graduating class of Virginia Tech. And I love that. Resilience is not something that you just can just do and it's a natural innate human human characteristic it is something that we have to to learn to be better at and let's be honest a hangover is a lot harder to deal with when you're young right <laughs> although it there's a there's like a pendulum swing in that but after a while there is a tolerance there is a bulletproofness that that comes through not only with drinking but with all things that we do as leaders so let me introduce you formally to Nicole Bruzewitz uh, a friend a world changer and and really a resiliency champion. So you are the vice president of education and events at Mountain West Credit Union Association. Came to us today all the way from Colorado. Thank you for making oh, that trip. Yeah, yes. Thank you. And you began your career, which is really interesting, as an educator and consultant focusing on that physical, mental, spiritual wellness. And that that's those studies as a faculties, really, from John F. Kennedy University. And then you also were the executive director at Health in Common. So there's a lot of experience there on the other side of things as well. You're a founding member member and co-leader, beautiful bottle here for those that are watching, of the Colorado Sister Society for the Global Women's Leadership Network. You're a board member for board, uh, Boulder Chapter of Elevate. And then you've won a lot of awards, too, some pioneering awards, whether it's a Crane Rockstar or the Emerging Leader for Global Women's. And then this is, was an interesting learning for me of your background, that you have your bachelor's in business administration, master's in holistic health education. And maybe this is how we get to hear some of the application of that. And of course, a DE, hey and a certified <laughs> meeting professional. So do you have quite the, the background in everything that we're going to talk about today? What can we learn, you know, right off the bat from you? What's made you the leader that you are today? Mm, well, first off, thank you so much, Brandy, for having me. I love being here and being able to support the work of Strategic Hotbox. Um, so thank you. Huge yes, shout out thank to you. you and the whole team. Um, I think for me, I spend so much time today in the field of financial wellness. But when I rewind a little bit um, earlier in my career, I was in my early 20s. Um, finishing up my degree in uh, business administration, and I was um, managing a retail clothing store. And out of the blue one day, someone from corporate came, uh, no one from corporate ever came, <laughs> right. and said, um, so we've decided we're going to close down some of the stores, oh, and wow. yours is one of them. Mm. And so we need you to tell the whole team that um, they no longer have a job, 
Um, but before you all leave, make sure you spend the next three weeks packing up the store and finishing up. Oh, course, naturally, right? yeah. yeah. Clean, <laughs> clean up this mess. Yeah, clean if you up could. and then yeah. go along your way. Um, and being in my early twenties, I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I wasn't prepared to let other people down mm-hmm. because that's how it felt for me at that time. And so I spent a little time doing some soul searching. Um, and as a part of that, I realized that the bachelor's in business administration was the responsible. Um, choice early uh-huh. on when I was 18. But what I really wanted to do was something that I was super passionate about. Yeah. And so that's what led me to pursue a degree in holistic health education. Um, and what I didn't realize then that I realize now is that that laid the foundation for me building resilience early on. Yeah. Because not only were we learning about anatomy and physiology and quantum physics, but we also were learning about the religions of the world. And we were asked to have a spiritual practice, Mm. which at that time I thought, well, why do I have to learn how to meditate? Why is that so important? So for me, that set of opportunities really pushed me into an area of having to understand and embrace wellness regardless of where my career path took me. I love that. And and being able to see that wellness is in all sides of what we do, like even just framing the work in, in credit unions and with the association as a financial wellness focus yep. is an important one. What does resilience mean to you then? Yeah. Well, I think that word you used earlier when you talked about the ability um, to re- recover and adapt Um, from setbacks that happen to us. So those can be professional, those can be personal, but I think it's both. It's both adapting and recovering that really packages resilience together. Yeah, and sometimes it happens in a a moment and sometimes it happens over a long term. And what I mean by that, especially like an event coordination like you do, stuff has to come up the entire event, right? And you have to make decisions and act, you know, think on your feet and be resilient in that way and not be like, oh, it's over. Right. right. I'm just going to have to let the whole thing go because you have to continue. The show must go on. The show must go on. And then there's also the concept of if something more tragic or, or big picture changes, like the position that you were talking about and having to close that, that branch or location, those are ones that take a little bit more time and approach and recovery and all of that. Absolutely. And the so with resilience... Is there anybody that you can think of or an example of like a celebrity or somebody that we might all know that has had, that's done this well? Um, I'm going to answer that in two ways. Um, I think there's lots of examples of celebrities. So someone who comes to mind that I think everyone will know is Oprah. Mm. So Oprah was born poor. Mm -hmm. She was born African-American. And when she entered the field that she chose, she was told that she didn't weigh the right amount, that she wasn't pretty enough, and that she really should go pursue another career. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't enough like Barbara Walters Mm. to be in the industry that she chose. And she very much persevered. She also had a lot of um, personal um, issues in her life growing up in terms of not just poverty, but also sexual abuse. Mm. And so you look at someone who has accomplished what she's accomplished and hasn't done it without her Mm -hmm. um, share of of tough times, right? So she attempted after having a very successful career in talk show to launch her own um, network. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really didn't take off the ground. Mm -hmm. So even when we have a certain amount of um, success, that doesn't then buffer us 
and give us a free pass that everything else is going to be a smooth um, pathway after that. So I think those types of things are really important. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's important to look to the people in our own communities and our own backyards. Because sometimes when we look to celebrities, we think, but they're different, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, but Oprah has so much money now. She Mm -hmm. has such a platform for making a difference. And so... Um, one of the examples I'll share with you is I had the opportunity last summer with World Council to travel to Puerto Rico. Mm. Um, and we visited credit unions there. Um, and it's been several years since Hurricane Maria. This is prior to the um, earthquakes um, that have happened there more recently. And I saw so many examples of resilience uh-huh. um, from people who were not um, of high uh, money, high stature. And the two things that really stood out to me, and I think these are examples that we can use. One is there's that immediate need when we're looking at implementing resiliency. So an earthquake happens and there's no power. Yeah. Triage or yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. the triage, um, and credit unions, uh, within 48 hours, were back up and running in some form or fashion. Um, They were distributing fans to their staff who didn't have air conditioning. They were serving water in the lines that went and wrapped around the credit union as people waited for hours and hours to get money, right? So that's the real immediate. A resilient leader recognizes not only what they need, but what does my team need? Mm -hmm. What does the community Community. need, Mm -hmm. right? But what really then touched me in meeting with credit unions there was there's the longer term, there's the recovery component. Yeah. Right? So they um, talked about and gave examples of a lot of young people are leaving Puerto Rico because there's no jobs. Mm. And if they lose their young talent, who will be the workforce of Puerto Rico? And so there were credit unions who were developing entrepreneurship program to teach leadership skills to young people to give them jobs and Mm -hmm. give them a pathway. So I think it's both. It's both what are the immediate, I have to look at this right now, and then what's the long-term gap that's going to occur if I don't also understand the ripple effect, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. And I think that there's something true to that in disaster recovery situations, regardless of how big the impact is. Right. So there's the immediate triage. And then there's also the, uh, if anything, just a reflection on what got us there. Right. In the case of Puerto Rico, it could have been a natural disaster piece. But sometimes things that happen in the organization, someone did something, pushed a button, did something that got us to the place that we are. And so being able to have a bit of a a reflection or a debrief and say, how do we build for a more successful future now that we know that those kinds of things can occur or what we might need? Absolutely. I think both are equally important. And is that that push and pull. And so what's missing then from people today, leaders today? So I might live in a a middle class or a cush situation, cush, boring job, clock in, clock out. Things are cool. Picket fence, you know, a couple bright kids, whatever. So now how can I be even can you even teach resiliency? Yeah, I think 
resiliency is teachable. Um, I do think we're all born probably with different thresholds around resilience, but that doesn't mean that there isn't, um, as you talked about earlier with Cheryl Sandberg, that muscle that we can develop and grow. And so what I would say to that is there was an article that came out in Forbes end of 2016, something like that. And the the title goes something like this. Um, What are the 13 leadership traits that are needed today that weren't needed a decade ago. Ooh, interesting. Right? Uh And guess what number two was? What? Resilience. Yeah. Wow. So number two is resilience. And it doesn't mean that generations prior to us didn't demonstrate that and didn't have that. But what it's... It was probably more innate, to be honest, 10 years ago, Mm. 20, 30, 100 years ago. Yeah. And now it's less so. I don't know. Just an idea. Yeah, it would be interesting to understand kind of what the root of all of that is. Mm -hmm. What I think that really speaks to is the importance of if we began our leadership training, development, skill set 15, 20, 25 years ago, we may not have focused on resilience. Mm -hmm. We may have focused on other leadership traits to build up. And so it's a little bit about modernizing and being fresh Mm -hmm. in our leadership approach and recognizing what do we need today that maybe we didn't add to that toolkit a while back. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm younger, oh, here, you know, maybe someone in my organization is saying I need to do these things, but make sure you bring that one in too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely love this because I work so much with young professionals and my common that when someone asks what's the one thing that a young person needs to work on, it's always emotional intelligence. Absolutely. And resilience and resiliency really plays into that pretty significantly in the fact that it is, in fact, that it's the emotional reaction to a situation and being able to calmly get through to handle in crisis, whatever that crisis is. It's getting to the point, I always say to some of the the leaders that I coach that, um, that I'm great in a crisis. I'll be here. I'll help you work through it. And then I'm going to kick your ass. I will bail you out of jail first. Yeah. And then I'll kick your ass on the way home. But guess what? I'm going to get, I'm going to get us out of jail. And so that, that having that ability to, to do both sides, as you said, is, is so powerful and so important today. It also brings up to mind or top of mind. I read an article about kids in kindergarten. I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, and I have an amazing ability to, to remember small bits and not like the reference code of it. So the, the author out there, you have credit, whoever this is. Um, but, but years ago, it it was probably 50 years ago is what it was about, uh, what it took for a kid to go to kindergarten. And maybe Mm. people have seen that, that article or social sharing that kind of thing but it the 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 academic requirements for kindergarten were so rudimentary right compared to the my kids now when they go to kindergarten but there were also things on the list that could cook a basic meal for themselves could walk home from the park do these different things and I think to myself there one there's no way in heck I'm letting my kids go to the park alone let alone walk home from the park alone as five-year-olds you know and I'm not letting them cook (laughs) you know but there's not adding fire to the mix of things however from an academic standpoint they were were far superior than some of the things that, that were on that list. So you just think about how the world shifts and resiliency today is we, we do need to toughen up a little. We do. Yep. And I think that the idea that I'm going to build that in myself needs to also be expanded out and recognize that that's important to bring into our workplaces as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a solo path. Right. I don't just do this for myself. Right. Um, it's really important to recognize that, um, of people experience a high level of stress from work. Yeah. 80%. 
And I read this really, I don't know why I think this is funny. It's not a funny statistic, but 14% of people, according to the American Institute of Stress, felt like slapping one of their coworkers, but didn't in the <laughs> oh last year, gosh. right? And you hear that Only and you're 14? Like, 14. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those where you, where you think, well, that's just silliness. But imagine if you have an organization of 50 people, do you know who the seven people are? who are suffering to that degree. I mean, I know well, it if, sounds I mean, crazy, if we're talking about the about people that, that want to slap me, I think <laughs> I've got a pretty good idea who those seven people are that oh. want to slap me. We don't, we don't have to go there. She said it didn't happen. It right? didn't happen. They just thought about it. But, <laughs> but I do think that what that is important as a reminder is as leaders, we can't just work on resiliency for ourselves. We've got to be looking at. Yeah. Who else right. do we need to be supporting along the way? I love that. And with my team, we try to do some worst case scenario planning. And we and we have like a values gr- group together that we talk through some of those things because that is life. life. Nothing ever goes to plan. Come on. Nothing ever happens the way that we beautifully script out no matter how good we are at our jobs. Things always come up. And the people that are the most amazing, the people that are the most powerful, the best leaders are the ones that in the moment or whatever can handle themselves and can get us to goal regardless of the different things that are thrown their way. Absolutely. And so from a a spiritual perspective, then what do we do in regards to, so if we take it back to the wellness piece of it, why is resiliency important for wellness? Yeah. What I believe is that many of the practices that we call our spiritual practice are the actual greatest tools for building resilience. So um, people who practice meditation, prayer, or if you don't like the word prayer, contemplation, Mm -hmm. um, practicing gratitude, Mm -hmm. um, and something that credit unions are really good at, and that is service and service to others. Those building blocks and those foundations deepen our reservoir so that when we hit those tough times, we have more to tap into. And so I really like to think of that spiritual practice as being the the piece that, that helps catch us. Um, but it's not something that we can just do um, in the moment we're in, when we're in greatest need, right? Mm-hmm. So building that muscle, building that practice and developing that along the way. I was thinking to myself that one of the innate things of the human body is physically health can be very resilient. I mean, in your body, you put your body, we all put our body through a lot of junk, whether that's stuff we feed, stuff we, we interact with, just the physical, physical world. And we abuse ourselves essentially for, you know, a hundred years or 50 years and then go, oh man, we shouldn't have done all that abuse when we were younger. And now how do we slow the process? But in that, then we as human beings sometimes will rely on that in the fact that we'll get through it. And so we work ourselves to, to sickness mm-hmm. or we get ourselves to a stressful place where then it, it there's physical repercussions from it. Yep. And, and I love the idea of creating a balance before, like fixing the roof before it rains, right? Creating that t- reservoir before you need it. Because when you do, you'll already be to a place of being tapped out. And there, we do really see that the, the physical repercussions of of some of the more emotional, spiritual strain. Yep, yep. And they're all interconnected, right? So this idea that 
when we push ourselves physically that it doesn't impact our decision-making ability and our mental strength mm-hmm. um, is false, right? So we know they're all interconnected. So the more we can bolster those different areas, the more we're supporting ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I set a goal. So you can be my accountability partner here in 2020. I set a goal to meditate and drink more water. Neither are going very well. I'm going to be really open. Everybody's listening and watching, but, um, I, it is something that I recognize as important. That's step one, right? Is awareness that it's important. So, uh, I urge you to be my accountability partner and ask me how that's going. If you're up for that, uh, because it is, it is difficult sometimes one making it where we're taking care of us first. That's hard for a lot of high performing functioning leaders and two to for me pausing long enough to say okay this is a moment of meditation this is a moment for me without immediately trying to to act and that's the power in it yep well you definitely have um i'm on your side for the accountability component and in the meantime there's this great book i don't know if you've heard of it called atomic habits Ooh, yeah oh thank you yeah atomic habits it's great and um because you probably don't think about, am I going to brush my teeth today, right? No, not, you, I mean, you do it, right? I did. I, but, right? Yeah, I did. Right. I did. I did. We're good. We're good. I it just did. happens. Yeah. Or it just happens. So um, I love that book because it gives some great strategies for when we want to build a habit of ways to make it more part of our daily not, not the choice mm-hmm. yeah but make it part of the daily so yeah. yeah that's i love that okay so do you have any funny stories or craziness that you've learned in this uh, pathway well yes although i i have to say you know there's so many that are probably um best reserved for off tape um <laughs> but <laughs> gotta hear those I know, right um but one that's kind of funny for me is when I think about, and this is probably going to go a totally different direction than, than what we might be planning is, but when you're building resilience or when you're building the drink water and uh, meditate habit, um, sometimes not everyone else is on board with us, right? Yeah. So this assumption that just because I'm going to um, choose to move forward in that direction doesn't mean other people are there too. And so um, a number of years ago, I was on a team um, and we did a ton of traveling. So we traveled all up and down uh, the state of California and we were working to improve the quality of care in nursing homes. And we just worked these really long days and every night we would have dinner together and we would debrief what went well, where do we need to improve our training. And the team loved to give me a hard time about being a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian since high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just one of my ways to um, help eat, eat a little bit cleaner and kind of help uh, on the physical side. Mm-hmm. And so after months of enduring the teasing, um, I finally decided that I wanted to put the team on notice that it, there's time to let that one go. Um, so I went to the restaurant ahead of time and worked with them and we um, came up with a custom menu that they printed out and delivered to the whole team that night. And every single entree was vegetarian, was eggplant. <laughs> Not only went to vegetarian <laughs> and the looks on their faces because our server delivered that menu perfectly. Um, they never again gave me a hard time about being a vegetarian. Oh, good for you. One, for standing up for that. And two, for let's not make that a thing anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's so true when you're on, whether it's a health kick, uh, mental health, spiritual health, just even just physical health. 
not everybody's on board with that. And sometimes even people that you've been aligned with in the past, right? So it could be, I've heard stories of friends that want to drink less, but everybody they're around tries to push them into continuing the patterns and habits they had in the past. So we all have to just be strong enough to say, this is, this is my growth. This is my goal. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And so, okay. So I have some quick response questions for you. Are you up for that? I'm up for it. So the first thing that pops into your head and some of them are easy and then, you know, then it might get a little bit more fun. (laughs) Um, The first is beach or mountains. Mm. Can I pick like Vancouver where there's both? <laughs> Is there both in Vancouver? Um, I don't know. Really beach cold water. beach. I yeah. Know, I know. Uh, okay. I'd so I'd like, like mountains right up to the beach. Mountains up La Jolla. Yeah. Cliffs, there we go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kind of cliffs. I don't know. Um, dance party or taco party? Dance party. Oh, I think I, I'd have to go both on that. I don't oh, think okay. I could pick. Um, okay. This is one that I know okay. is going to be tough for you. Beer or cheese? Uh, how about beer cheese soup? <laughs> beer cheese soup? <laughs> I feel like I've lost control of the podcast today. And then learn, love, or kick ass? All mm. oh, three. Yeah. Definitely. They work well together. They really do. All right, fill in the blank. If I could, I would blank every day. Hike. Really? Mm-hmm. Just get outdoors and yep. breathe air. I love that. The world would be a better place if... We were just more kind to one another, straight up. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you feel, you're filling my heart. <laughs> so leave us with a bold action item or takeaway. Mm. All right. So my my bold action is to do something, to take action and move forward in some way on resilience. There might have been um, an idea you heard today. There might be something you've been thinking about in the past. But I will tell you that um, last May, I got a text message from my husband in the middle of the day that said, I'm okay. Um, And I was like, I'm okay too. Mm. Um, But he's a high school art teacher. And so I immediately went from, I'm okay to, oh no, something's not okay. And that day they had a shooting at their school. Oh, my God. And the amount of resiliency, one, that he lived, that so many of the people lived through that, but what they are being asked to do to come back and to show up every day for each other, for the students. For the kids, yeah. If you think you have a choice around resilience, you don't. Yeah. And so do everything that you can to bring as much of that as you can into your life because you might need it for yourself, for someone you love, or for your community of people. So please take action. Thank you for sharing that. I am very thankful that your husband is okay. And what a beautiful way to show the importance of resilience when you don't have a choice. And one of the amazing things about him and that role that he played, and it's, it makes me emotional, is that you almost have to stand up to, for the kids, for the, for the less strong amongst us in those moments. And those of us that are brave enough to do that, whether they're service officials or people that are serving the community or teachers, I mean, it's just an amazing thing. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Let's head out to our shout out. Perfect for my yoga classes. Learn, love, and gently kick 
Thank you to Jen for helping us gently kick some ass today and to wrap up a beautiful conversation with Nicole. We appreciate that so much. I'm going to give you some top three really quick to bring it back together to build on what Nicole just shared for us. The first is in order to be more resilient, we want to, one, recover quickly. So think on your feet, move as fast as you can, triage, understand what's happening in, in the moment, be aware, and then move forward, take it to that next level. Second, I talked about from a young professional standpoint, manage our emotions in that in that uncertainty. They recognize that our impact on words, the impact of others, what's best for the greater good or for the community. And number three, to bounce forward. It's that long-term impact that Nicole started us with today. It's not just the immediate and recovering quickly. It's also what's going to happen here in the future. Thank you so much for being a part of this in the Hotbox today. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. So as long as you can spell my last name, I'm easy to find. And thank you so much. It was a blast hanging out with you today, Brandy. It was really, really good. To all of us and our listeners, thank you so much for being here. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass.